is considered the master. Remember I mentioned just a, a minute ago, they got the message, the copy tape from a master tape. That master tape was never sold. That master sta tape stayed in the library in the archives of the church. But Jesus is a master, but what he wants to do, listen to this, and I know you know this, is to copy himself. The living Christ wants to copy himself unto his followers, you and I. I'm not talking about just Christians, his followers, the believers, the people that can say, I'm a believer of the living Christ. Because remember, we, from this pulpit, we have said it so many times, you can say you're a Christian. In today's world, it doesn't mean anything anymore, unfortunately, because people use that word as a rubber stamp to say, well, I'm a Christian too, uh, leave me alone. But yet they don't know one thing about Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is the master, but he wants to do is to copy himself unto his followers so that when people see you or me, they are getting a recording of what the master gives. Isn't that what's beautiful? Because that recording comes from the Holy Spirit that lives within us. So they're receiving that recording that's already instilled in us if what? If we are faithful, if we are obedient, if we are in the word every day, and if we and if we are in prayer every day, you, you heard from the beginning of the opening of, of the service today, prayer. Prayer is important. Prayer saves lives. Prayer, prayer brings deliverance all the time. So they're getting a recording of the master as we are committed to following our master who has all authority without the master it's like saying without the master tape there's no authority we have no authority without the master jesus christ Amen. this is the essence of discipleship and you're going to hear that pretty much throughout the message tonight the title of the message tonight before we open in prayer is listen carefully will jesus christ have enough of me, you and I, to do his perfect will. I think that's worth repeating. Will Jesus Christ have enough of me, and you're focusing on yourself now as I focus on myself, to do his perfect will, to do his perfect will. So church, this message is going to be in the form of a study tonight. You know I love I love to be called a teacher. If you don't want to call me any other name, you can call me teacher. Okay? It's gonna be it's gonna be delivered in two to three parts. So you're not gonna get all of it tonight. Tonight you're gonna get kind of like the foundation as to understand and, and you'll you'll hear a lot of what is said in this pulpit. And God laid this on my heart to bring this out because I hear it in the voice of the pastors that come up here and, and the praise and worship team, uh, the, the songs and the praise and worship team leader, when the Holy Spirit is speaking through them. The, the, the word that I use all the time, the urgency, the urgency. Uh, you know, 
to what? The urgency to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out there. And because you're seeing all this that is happening in this broken world, that's why there's even a greater urgency every day that we are focused on getting the gospel of Christ out there. Okay? So again, it is titled, Will Jesus Christ Have Enough of Me? What am I talking about? Will he have my commitment? Will he have my every all? Everything that's within my power that he's given me that will be enough for his perfect will. Okay? So the message again will be broken into two or maybe three parts. I know that you will be excited to come and hear the other parts. And those of you that are listening from far away, I hope that you tune in. And it's not going to be one night, one Wednesday after another. I will have a review every time I come up. So you don't have to worry. You're not going to miss anything. So let us open tonight's service with prayer again. Father God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the word you're about to provide through the Holy Spirit that will do justice, not me. I could never do any justice, Father God, Lord Jesus. I could never do anything without you. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the guidance, Father God. I need, I need his touch, Father God. I need his wisdom. I, I, I need the discernment that he pours on me. And I thank you, Lord, and I ask you to bless each and every one of us here tonight and open our ears and our eyes that we will receive the word. So first thing first, this is what a good teacher does. What is biblical discipleship? What is biblical discipleship? You don't have to answer. I'm going to help you. Number one, it is when believers, we can plug in the word Christian, but I'd rather use the word believers. Those that believe that God, you know, died on the cross because he took on the sins of the world and he was resurrected after the third day and that we have a heavenly father that we can go to. We don't go to men. We go to the heavenly father Amen. that will that will listen to our prayers if, if we approach him faithfully with, with an open heart, with an open heart of a true disciple, of a true disciple. So it is when Christian believers follow Jesus and live as he did. Well, you hear this from the pulpit every every time we're here. Are you living the way God lived when he walked on earth? Are you living the way the Holy One, the Righteous One, the Faithful One, Jesus Christ, wants you and I to live? Or are we still trying to keep one foot in the world and one foot in Christ? He wants all of us. Remember, if we want everything he has for us. He never breaks his promise. Okay, never does. Then we have to give him everything we have within us. Everything. Even, even our filthy rags that he will forgive. That he will forgive us because he knows and you heard it from the pulpit on Sunday. He knows we all fall short of his glory. 
All of us do. I don't care where you're from. I don't care if, if you have, if you were a little baby Christian from very young as a toddler. And listen, we're all sinners. And, 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 and the thing that's beautiful about Jesus, and we were talking about it in the car coming up here, is he is so patient with us. He is so loving with us. He is so forgiving of us, right? That's why we, you heard it from the back row just now. Thank you, Lord. That's why we can say thank you, Lord, every day, every day. Not only thank you that we are alive and well, where there's so many hurting in this world, so many that have lost their homes, so many that they, they cannot even afford the gas. I did something that you're going to laugh. You're going to say, Pastor Pete, really? Did it make sense to you what you did? Yeah. I went chasing for the best gas price. And, <laughs> and I went to several gas stations. And the, it should open your eyes and your mind. Well, if I'm chasing to find the best gas price, I am wasting a lot of gas trying to find the gas, the best gas price. So yesterday I went chasing and, 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 I, and I went to Costco, which is where we always fill up, uh, Pastor Pam and I, and there was a line that was two blocks long. Wow. Oh yeah. I thought they were giving away free gas. I really did. And I said, no, I'm not gonna do that. So I went to a couple of other service stations. And do you know, at least here, Costco is the cheapest that you can get, okay? You go anywhere else, you're gonna find 25 to 20 to 31 cents more per gallon. And I said, well, you know what? I, I, wanna, I wanna bless my community. I'm gonna go to the two gas stations that are present in Cooper City. Huh, it was incredible. I should have gone to the one after Costco that I didn't find. But I'm saying all this because it, it is so interesting. Sometimes we think we have to chase to find Christ. And he's right there. He's right there in our lives. He, he, he wants that relationship with us. He wants us to, to say that he is the master of our life. Not the world. Not the world. So... It is loving Jesus, I'm sorry, it is loving the outcast like Jesus does. Jesus loves all of us the same. Even the homeless that are on the streets, even those that are hurting, even those that keep, keep backsliding, even those that keep, they give their lives to Christ one Sunday and then they're back again the next week doing the foolishness that doesn't honor the living God. Point three, point into others like Eli and to Eli, which was the high priest during Samuel's time, okay? Point into each other's like Eli, others about God's word like Paul. Paul always poured into others in his churches the word of God because he knew the importance he knew the importance of the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? So discipleship also includes steps for application. So I'm bringing up this study because I, again, because I feel it's so important that we understand what God has told us 
you have to go out and make disciples. Amen. Don't keep it all for yourself, what I have given you. You go out and make disciples. And, 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 you know, and, and it takes a committed to Christ, a faithful believer, and, and a person that puts Christ first in their lives, that they can be true disciples of others. All right? So discipleship definition, the definition of discipleship. Discipleship is defined as followers of Christ who then teach what they have learned. That is the greatest thing you can do. And then you're going to say, you're going to ask, you're going to ask them, well, Pastor Pete, it should be real easy for you. Well, not all the time. I told you the story about the big guy that definitely looked like Goliath at, at the gym. And he was claiming that he was living in no peace at all. And, and I came before you and I told you I failed because I didn't reach out to him. I was afraid. I wasn't, I mean, David wasn't afraid, but I was afraid maybe this guy was going to hit me with a dumbbell or, or, do, or, or just say, just get away from me. Not trusting in the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is the one that equips us to be able to, to, to give the word, to be able to love on people. So when we become followers of Christ, it's time to go and share what we have learned all the time. It's easy to share at church because people are here at church. We share with this uh, beautiful couple that were friends that came on Sunday. They didn't even understand much of what was said. So what did I do? I, I, I downloaded, a, real quick, I downloaded a Spanish ad and I gave it to them as, as Bishop Lyle was preaching so they could keep up a little bit. And then then I call, of course, I introduced them to others, and, and, and we, we told them, please come back. So I'm hoping they come back. But again, true discipleship is not only done in the church, but it's out there. Amen. That's what we're asked here from Potter's House, Coral Springs, a godly, a Bible-based church to go out there and do the work. Why? Because the harvest is great and the workers are few. Mm -hmm. And you see less and less workers out there. Mm -hmm. That's why it, it, if that child that killed those innocent children, if that child, 18-year-old young man, if he might have been disciple, maybe he was. I don't know. But the, I mean, to turn the gun first on your grandmother that brought you up, I don't know about these things. If nobody, if none of us take the time to disciple others, we're going to miss an opportunity of when we come before God and God may ask you and I, what happened about that one? What are we going to say? Oh, I didn't have the time, Lord. I, 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 I don't think He had the the willingness to really learn it. And, and the ears, the open ears and open heart to listen. Well, that's not your decision, says God. He's the one that does that. We're just the ones that plant the seed. Don't, don't think about, of you as being high and mighty that, that you can change a person's life. God will use you. But it's got to change that person's life. 
not you and I. We're just, we're just the planters of the seed. And if we are faithful, you will see that seed grow. And, and it's just beautiful. If you could go to Matthew, you know this one very well, like the back of your hand. There's only three scriptures tonight. Only three scriptures. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them. You remember this, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the even to the end of the age. Amen. So, this is discipleship. That's so important. You know, I had spoken to Bishop Lyle and what we wanted to start bringing, and, and I started incorporating that in the men's group. You know, we, we are studying the book of uh, Nehemiah right now, and, and, and there's great, great discipleship that happens there. And, and, and I try to bring them an understanding of what of what it takes to disciple someone okay so first we are to go both near and far I've had to travel pretty far sometimes so we can disciple others sometimes you have to go near and far a lot of you have been on missions trips to back to your country to Haiti back to the Philippines in certain parts of the Philippines that God tugged at your heart and, 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 and used you like a missionary to bring the word. And, and, and I, I don't know if Sister Sophie has, has gone back to China to, to, to disciple people, to bring the word, which is so important because China needs us as well as Haiti, Cuba, and the Philippines. They need to be discipled. They need the word of God. We teach them to observe what they have learned, showing others they follow Christ, not the word. That's why the responsibility of a disciple to disciple others is great. It's great responsibility. Because if we cannot show those people like what we did in the parking lot last Wednesday night, where we pay with we pray with Pedro. Okay, um, that was part of discipling someone. That was part of bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ because he needed prayer. Amen. And the three of us that were here, we prayed with him. We welcomed him. We even invited him to have ice cream with us because that was going to be. The icing on the cake. That, you know, Potter's House, Coral Springs, spreads his love. Sometimes with ice cream. Right? So, you like that, right? So those of you that were in a hurry to leave, you missed the icing on the cake. Because we, we went and we had some wonderful, wonderful, holy ice cream. It was such a blessing. Because we had just blessed someone that we prayed with. Uh, 
Christ is with us in everything we do if we trust in him. Amen. You don't have to worry. If you trust in him, you and I, he is with us. Amen. Even when you come in a situation like I did in the gym and I forgot. Well, Jesus is with me. Why do you have to be afraid of Goliath? I mean, this guy really looked like picture Goliath. Do you believe this? He was actually taller than me. I'm six foot six. I know some of you are looking at me and saying, what? You're almost as tall as the ceiling as we're seeing you preaching. This guy was actually taller than me. And he had a thicker beard. So he even looked more like Goliath to me. Okay? So, so he will give you and I the right words and actions. Amen. Right? Through his spirit, the Holy Spirit, and what we are to say to others and when to say it. I love that. Do you think God is going to honor us if we have everything scripted? No. He won't. Because that means you don't trust in his spirit. If you let his spirit, you and I, guide us, the spirit of God will give us what we need. Amen. You don't have to be a bishop. You don't have to be a pastor. All you have to do is be a believer in Jesus Christ. That's all. Sunday here was evident. I saw some of you come up and come towards this couple and prayed and and, and, and when they were up here, you came and prayed with them. And and what are we going to say? Those of us are pastors. Well, what are you doing up here? What are we, uh, you know, come on. You're not. No. Jesus honors those that have a heart, and their heart are, is for Christ. And, and 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 of course, I made fun of one of you. I said, well, I told a couple in Spanish because she was praying with a couple that they're they're going to have to learn Chinese. Next time they come, if, they, if they're going to receive the true word of God. But see, God will use every one of us. He will use a Filipino as well as he will use an old Cuban like me. And you don't have to be a pastor. You just have to have God and the Holy Spirit living in your heart. And have asked God to forgive you of your sins. And you have repented. And you have received them. And you are the new creation that can disciple anyone, anyone, and everyone. We will never have to have anything scripted, as I just mentioned. You do not have to copy any preacher's message. Anyone, when it comes at all to discipleship. The 12 disciples did not go to discipleship school why? Because they had the greatest disciple of all. The greatest master of all. Jesus Christ. He discipled them. So that they could go out and disciple the world. And they did. And some of them made, met great death. Crucified upside down. Why? Because they were true disciples of the word of God. They didn't care when they went out to disciple the world what was going to become of them. Because they knew one day 
they would be with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven and they will be with him again in spirit. If you could go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. So easily to remember what Paul said. And this was mentioned last past Sunday. Paul said, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Now I ask you the question, <laughs> do you think you and I can imitate Christ if, if we have one foot in and one foot out? No. No, we can't. God will not honor that. How can you come to church, you and I, and say we are true disciples of Christ? And you heard this mentioned from this pulpit so many times. When come happy hour on Wednesday, and you've been to church on Sunday, and I'm not judging anybody. I'm telling you what God is telling us. Okay? And you get drunk out of your mind. And, and then you'll say, well, I'll be okay. Because God is going to forgive me. And, and, I, and you know what? I'll be hunky-dory the next day. And I'll be ready to come to church or even to men's Bible study if it's a guy. And, um, and I'll be okay. So I can do all that. Now, again, if you want all the promises that Christ has for you and I, we have to give him our very best each and every day. I never said, and Christ never said it was going to be easy. It is tougher being a born-again Christian than it is anything else. But you know what? But the rewards are unbelievable. Amen. The blessings are overflowing. The heavens, when they open up on you and I, are, are just the miracles of God. And you feel so favor sometimes, so blessed sometimes, and you go, you ask yourself, how did that happen to me? How did God save me from that wickedness that I deserve hell to come upon me? But Jesus, Jesus knows who you are and who I am. Remember when I told you, when Pastor Pam told me one time, I, I, was, I was broken, I was crying, we had only been married a little bit over a year. And, uh, and one time, Pam, uh, Pastor Pam looked at me with, with beautiful teary eyes and she said, I want to tell you something, Pete. Jesus told me that you belong to him. Amen. And you heard me say this many times from the pulpit up here. I broke down like a little baby. Why would the living God want anything to do with me? And all of you can say that. There's not one of you here that has not sinned against Christ. There's not one of you, including me. Remember what I said? I was the worst of the worst. Because a lot of times, I knew what I was doing. And I did not stop my actions. My flesh wanted me to entertain itself. And I thought that was more important to please my flesh than to please the holy, righteous, living God. So 
We have a choice. We have the road that we can take or we can stay where we're at and never think that we are not to go disciple others. Well, no, I'm going to leave that to the pastors. I'm going to leave that to the elders. What? No. You're going to get, you and I are going to get opportunities to disciple others. Amen. And if we don't take it, do you think God is going to wait on you and me? No, he won't. He'll move on to the next person. Amen. I don't want Jesus to move on. You, you, you heard the word said this past Sunday. Here I am, Lord. You want to be able to say, here I am, Lord, use me. Amen. Use me. You, no, no, you don't have to go to the next one, Lord. I'm ready. Amen. Use me because you made me ready. Amen. You've given me the right words and the right actions. I know what to do because you've equipped me, Lord. If you can speak that boldly, that you know that the Holy Spirit will equip you, you don't have to worry about any scripted message or even having little notes in your back pocket that you can flip out at any time. Because you don't need that. You don't need that. It's just like we were in a wonderful home this past weekend to celebrate one of our beautiful, wonderful sister's birthday. And and I, I heard the most beautiful prayers said by her. And I said, wow. Did she have that scripted? That sounded too too heavenly to me. But see, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He will pour out his love on you so that you, even through prayer, can disciple others. And all of us that were in that gathering, we needed to be disciple. A fresh discipleship over us, a covering, is important every day. If we ever get to a point that we think we're above it all, oh boy. God help you with that. Don't call on me to try to rescue you because you're putting yourself and in, in entering into the pits of hell. Don't ever think that you cannot receive more of God. Because he's willing to pour more of himself on you and I. Okay? So... As disciples, we should be able to mimic Paul, the apostle, and say this to ourselves. Church, hear this, you know, to, to be able to disciple to others. Church, hear this. This allows us to share the good news. People refer to it as the good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ, not religion. A lot of times you at work, as me, I can only share at the shelter and the gym. People will refer to me, oh, that's that religious old guy. And if I hear them, I go up to them, I say, I'm not religious at all. What do you mean you're not religious? No, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm relation, relational with Jesus Christ. That's what I'm about. And of course, they get more confused. Their, their heads start spinning. And uh, I was speaking to a young man that, uh, that I know he loves God, but he doesn't like to talk too much about him. And so 
we were at the gym together. I, I know him from the gym only. And every time I see him, he always has a big smile for me and everybody else, not just me. And, and, and here's what I said to him. You know, every time I see you, you have the biggest smile. Across the room, you can just see the white of your teeth. Your smile is so beautiful and bright. Um, and and, it, and it's so welcoming. It's so wonderful. I just told one of the sisters coming in the door, man, I can see your teeth from across the parking lot because you always are smiling. I'm not going to identify her. She's sitting in the room. But, but I said this to this young man. But you know what you're showing me? You're showing me the love of Christ. And I need that. And, and of course, because he doesn't want to say much, he wants to stay quiet. He looks around in the gym to see if anybody's looking at him. You know, I, I, I just said to him, I, I hugged him and I whispered in his ear, I said, it, 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 it's okay, Sean, it's okay. God loves your smile. God loves your, your happiness in him. Because you, you, you hear him talk about God, but very, very little. And that's okay. Everybody's at a different place. Some of us are so bold that we can go out there, out there, in the middle of, of, of a gang of people, and we can just start discipling them. Others will say, um, is the police going to be present? Well, no, come on. It's realistic. Be honest about it. So we are not religious, church. I hope you don't consider yourself religious. We are not religious. We are Christ relational. And that's what we want to be. Those are true disciples. As true believers, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Being in his word each and every day and in prayer, we grow as believers and will look more and more like Christ. Remember what the master wants? The master wants to pour himself upon you and I so people will see more Jesus in us and less of the flesh. Amen. We want them to see the living God, the living God living within us through the Holy Spirit. People recognize in us humility when we're true disciples. Love, patience, and kindness. We're not short with people. When you know, let me tell you, at the gym I could be short with so many because sometimes they will say the craziest thing. Remember what I told you about one guy telling me that he was coming back, <laughs> that that he was going to be reincarnated. Oh my goodness, he was coming back as a frog. And, and I had to explain to him, well, the word reincarnation, and you heard this from me before, that's not in the Bible. Well, I don't know, it's a word that starts with R. Oh, oh, you mean uh, to be resurrected in Christ. Oh, I think, I think that's what I mean. That's what they said to me. But it's okay. We still have to show humility. We still have to show patience. We still have to show love. Even to our own brothers and sisters in church, when sometimes, you know, we, 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 we're led to hearing things that we shouldn't be hearing. 
We're led to, 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 to see things that we shouldn't be seeing. Uh-oh. You hear about that a lot of times. You hear about that. And, and, and you know, if you really study the Word of God and you study the Old Testament from the very beginning of Genesis all the way to Revelation, you know what the Israelites went through. I'm talking what they went through with Abraham. I'm talking about what they went through with Lot. I'm talking about what they went through with Jacob. I'm, I mean, with Joshua. Oh my goodness. They had Joshua as well as Moses had to keep pleading for their, for their lives. Because every time they turn around, they were doing something wicked against God. And God kept reminding them, I saved you from being in bondage. I took you out of Egypt. And now I'm, I, I was telling Pastor Pam as we were writing, now I'm rereading, because uh, I like to read the Bible back and forth. Many, you know, I, I didn't put a time period, but I just read it. And once I start, you can't get me off of it, okay? No matter what happens. And I'm in the book of Judges. And so I was telling her, my goodness, I forgot about this. These Israelites were just like us. A bunch of knuckleheads. Well, we're not focused on the living God. But in their time, oh my God. God took his hands off of them. And they were destroyed by those people that God told them they needed to be eliminated like the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the others. I mean, they started living with them and hanging out with them and celebrating even their gods. So these are things that we have to take into consideration when we disciple. Um, we must want others to be like Christ. See, a true disciple, when we disciple others, that definition of discipleship is, we want others to be like Christ. Can you imagine if the world could be more like Christ? You've heard that from the pulpit so many times. Wow. But remember, God said, no, not this world that I created. Not this world. Okay? We see through Jesus' crucif crucifixion that pain and hardships are involved in the life of a believer. Yeah, it is. If you tell me you never have bumps in the road or hiccups in your life, and I'm being very gentle, you're lying through your teeth. Don't tell me you don't wake up sometimes and you go, oh my goodness, what else is going to come my way? What is going on here? But then all of a sudden, you stop yourself. And you go, wait a minute. The master is involved. The master is involved. I can go to him. Amen. And, and he will and he will give you that counseling you need through his spirit. He will give you that peace that you and I need through his spirit. And, and, and he will give you that hope that only he can give. That hope that he, only he can give. If you could, the last scripture, if you could go to John, verse 8. Verses 31 and 32. Now you know I had to make make sure that this teaching will go on to two or three parts because it's important. 
Discipleship needs to be the center of the church too. It is so important for all of us. And you hear it a lot from the pulpit. Why? Because of what is happening in this world today. Oh my goodness. We need to, in a hurry, get up there and disciple people. Because if not, there's going to be an awful lot of people going you know where. John 8, 31, 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. That's the biggest thing right there. If you abide, if you live in my word, if you walk in my word, if, if, if you sleep in my word, if you eat my word, okay? And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father but through him. And if we truly believe in that, we're going to be great disciples for him. Remember, he wants to give us the master tape because he is the master tape. So, discipleship is about knowing God's truth and then sharing his message to see old folks free through him. I think that's worth repeating. Discipleship is about knowing God's truth. He's a living word. The holy one, the righteous one. Um, and then sharing his message to see everyone that you come across free one day through him. Not through us, through him. Remember, all you have to do is plant that seed. You don't have to be a perfect speaker. You don't have to have anything memorized. As a matter of fact, you will trip over your tongue if you try to memorize anything. Because it's not coming from the Spirit of God. It's coming from your own architect mind. That doesn't work. It's got to come from the Spirit that lives within you, church. It's got to be that way. So, many say they are Christians, as I mentioned when, I, when we opened the message, but they still live in bondage because they do not know the truth. They think they know the truth. That's why it takes a great disciple to disciple them. They believe what the world tells them about the living God. And today, the world is spreading incredible, filthy news about the living Jesus Christ. The Holy One, the Righteous One. You hear me repeat that over and over like a broken uh, a tape recorder record. Because he's the only one that could save them and save us. Folks, folks who go before us and show us what to do, make clear for us the way. So, you may go before me in discipling the same person that I may run into outside these doors that are out there. But you know what? You planted that seed and God will use me to water it some. Because he is the living water. And, 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 I, and I love that. And I love that. Um, this is where a mentor is crucial. You heard 
Pastor Chris mentioned many times about the need for a mentor. And he had a great mentor, which I consider that gentleman my friend, a wonderful man of God. We all need mentors, all of us. I had, and she's gonna get me later, but I had the best mentor. Pastor Pam was my mentor. I'm not afraid to say that. Some men will say, oh my God, you sissy. Why do you always have to give her credit? Because I'm going to be truthful. She was my mentor. And let me tell you, if you know Pastor Pam pretty good, she is very bold. And she will tell you what God is saying through the Holy Spirit to her. And I love that. And a lot of you have also been part of mentoring me. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Okay? Because it's so important. Just like Bishop Lyle. He is my mentor. He didn't give up on me. He could have thrown me out there many, many times ago. But yet he still mentors me every day. And I appreciate that. Because all of us need that. All of us need to be disciple by others that have gone through things. I have, um, what does discipleship look like in your life? Think about that word. And we're gonna get deeper into the word of discipleship, okay? And what it means, but what does discipleship look like in your life right now? Think of it for a minute, don't give me an answer. One of the greatest examples is from Christ himself. He is the living God he, the living God, was the perfect disciple, and I mentioned that before, who loved and shared the truth so very, very well. He never makes words. He never tried to appease the, the Sadducees and Pharisees. He never tried to appease anybody. He just told the truth. The truth that was given to him by his Father in heaven. He came from, from the Father. And the Father was the one that gave him what to say. And he was preaching from a little, little guy in the synagogues. Why? Not because he went to great seminary schools for, for toddlers or young teenagers. Because the living God was living inside of him. The Spirit of God. And that's, that's what's powerful here. Um, discipleship is Christ. So if you can think of discipleship that you are getting deeper into want to do more and more as you go out there and disciple others, you find it in Christ. You don't have to go anywhere else. Any one of you, some of you that were just baptized, that you were just baptized, God is going to use you as a great disciple to disciple others. So that's part of the discipleship right here. Um, we are to strive to live as he did. And I know I keep repeating that because it's so important. We are to, to make the greatest effort to be more like Christ. Amen. And do we fall short? Yes, we do. But you got to get, get, get up and, and keep going. And keep asking God to, to use you, to forgive you. Okay? So Jesus... 
100% man and 100% God is the only one without sin. We know that. Now, does that prevent us because we're sinners to go out disciples? No. Disciple others? No, not at all. Because see, God has received us already and, and, and he has covered us with his blood that we will be out there at work site, at, at Publix, wherever you're at, it doesn't matter, that you'll be able to disciple others, okay? Christ's disciples knew how to live like Christ because they saw him live. Wow. And even while they were seen, sometimes they didn't believe half of the stuff. Sometimes he would say to them, I, almost like he was saying to them, I just showed you this. How could you not believe what I have showed you, the miracles that come from above? But they struggle, just like some of us struggle sometimes in believing that God can heal us. God can heal us from anything. Anything and everything. Anything and everything. In his time. In his time. Jesus even sent out the disciples to teach and perform miracles through him. This was their chance to then imitate Jesus and disciple others as Jesus had discipled them. Amen. So one day, I hope you want to be remembered, you and I, someone saying, you know, I remember, I remember so-and-so. And that person always spoke to me of Christ. But what, were, what do you think you were doing? You were discipling them. You were sharing his word. The truth. There's no truth other than his truth. The world will give you a definition of truth. That you have these psychologists and psychiatrists come up and they give you all this stuff. And, 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 and let me tell you, I'm going to say this in church. You got to poo poo all of that because that doesn't mean anything. It's the truth of Christ's word that will set them, will set them free. So church, we're going to stop there tonight about learning about discipleship. You will get more coming up. I hope you come. Those of you that are online, I hope I hope you want to come and, and, and hear the rest, which is going to be really, really wonderful through the Holy Spirit. And I promise to have a wonderful short review every time we come up to study about discipleship. Let's close in prayer. Let's close in prayer. Let's bow our heads and, um, and, and, and you know, tonight ask him. I, 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 I want what Brother Pete is talking about. I, I, I want you to stop, to start Lord Jesus.